What is up, guys? Welcome back to the most bizarre show on the internet. I am the one and only Shane Squatch. I'm Stone Cold Orn Felix. Jenny's not with us tonight. She had some uh, family obligations, but she will be back next week. Uh, but we're glad you guys are with us as always. She's with us in spirit, which fits perfectly because she is our residential paranormal person. So she's with us in, in, in her ghost form. <laughs> so we can pretend that she's there the whole time and it'll be just like the normal show where, you know, she, she just can be a little bit more quiet this show than she normally is. <laughs> but, uh, I guess before we get into everything, I do have some fun things to share with everybody. Uh, number one being of course that I had said it on the last episode, the last couple, and I'm going to be saying it on every single episode until it happens. But, um, I will be vending Squonkapalooza 33.3% of the, Bizarre Encounters team. So if anybody wants to come in, hang out with me there, uh, that'd be really cool. Uh, shoot me a message on Instagram. It'd be really cool to actually know your guys' faces and your names first so that when I see you, I can be like, hey, I know that person. I know that guy. But I won't be able to do that unless you guys tell me you're coming. So definitely check it out. And I'm sure there will be more info as we get closer to the event. And then the other really cool, interesting news that I was really excited to share with Oren, but I wanted to wait till we're recording so I could get his true, honest reaction to this. So today... I uh, went to go get some food and I drive up to this place and I noticed that there's somebody that has a Sasquatch sticker on the back of their car, right? So I'm like, all right, there's a Squatcher in here. Which guy is it? So I always play this game. Anytime I see somebody that has Sasquatch stickers where I'll go into the building and then I'll try to figure out which guy it is. You know, He probably either had a funny hat or a funny goatee, one of the two. <laughs> no, he had the typical like fisherman look. That's how I knew this guy. You know, with like the longer hair, kind of slicked back but curly. He had the backwards hat. He was wearing a uh, Cabela shirt, so kind of fitting for that. And then he was wearing those like uh, the Dickies that aren't quite Dickies. They kind of are have that water repellent looking material to them, which are like you know the fisherman pants. Your dress Dickies. Yep, exactly. So he had that look, right? But I was first playing this game of like, who is it? Which guy is it, right? But as I'm doing this, this guy keeps looking at me, right? And I noticed that he's talking to his girlfriend. He's kind of like pointing and stuff. And I'm like, all right, there's something weird going on here. Like this guy either knows I'm fucking looking at him and being a creep, trying to figure out which guy has a Sasquatch sticker or there's something else to it. So I'm just kind of watching this guy out of the corner of my eye. And then I noticed that he brings up something on his phone and he shows his girlfriend kind of low, <laughs> trying to hide it on the table. And he brings up the Bizarre Encounters Instagram. No shit. So that being said, I know that you're out there. I did see you too. It sucks that you didn't come up and say what's up to me because you did recognize me, but 
that just shows, man, we're starting to get some reach out in the world and it's coming a little bit closer to home than I expected. So just something kind of cool I wanted to throw out there is that people somewhat recognize us now. <laughs> that is awesome. And Mr. Sasquatch Sticker Man, thank you for listening and supporting the show. And look, you've helped with our witty pre-show banter. So Yeah, you get talked about on the show, but unfortunately you didn't come up and say hi, so I don't know your name, so I can't name drop you. But if you shoot me a message now on Instagram, because I know you follow us on Instagram, and at least hopefully you'll listen to this episode, then I can give you guys give you a shout out on the next episode with your name, which would be really cool. Because, I mean, shit, you're a listener that's close, man. Let's let's start talking. Let's hang out, man. Maybe you got some weird Sasquatch stories. And if you do got some weird Sasquatch stories, you better share them, man. <laughs> okay. And on that note, you know, the normal spiel, do all the internet things. Follow us on social medias. Shoot us an email at bizarreencounters at outlook.com. Any suggestions for guests, topics, anything of that nature, anybody who wants to contribute to the show in any way, do the internet things. Don't forget to also send us some stories as far as local lore goes that we can dive into for our next episode that we dive into of that. And if anybody has any listener encounters, we would love to create a portion in the beginning of the show where we start sharing those. So yeah, don't hesitate to shoot us some of those. And uh, if you don't want your name included, of course, that's always fine. Just let us know before we read on the show or just in general. If you guys want to share some of your encounters with us, if you don't want them shared on the show, let us know. We'd love to give you some thoughts, opinions, and ideas on them. And connecting with that. If you guys want to support the show, which I, I know you guys want to support the show, because come on, you guys know you love our, love our show and what we do here. That's why you guys keep coming back every week. Uh, there's a couple different ways to do so, of course. Uh, number one is that you can donate to the show directly through Red Circle, which is our RSS host. So you can find that all the way down at the bottom of the show description. Uh, you guys can also hop on to the Open Minds Media Patreon, where you'll get early access to episodes. You'll get live feeds of these episodes. Uh, you'll get live replays of these episodes, which is the video format of the episodes if you're not able to make it to the lives. Um bunch of cool stuff. There's going to be some monthly hangouts, uh, exclusive merch store discounts, a lot of really cool stuff, multiple tiers. So go and check it out, figure out which one seems to suit you the best, of course. And then connecting in with that, we talked about the Open Minds Media merch store. So there, if you want to support the show, you can find yourself some awesome, bizarre encounters gear. Um, I will be working on a new design. It hasn't dropped yet, but I'm sure you guys will see it on the Instagram when I do go to drop it. Uh, that says something along the lines of stay bizarre, still working on the design for it, but I figured that's a pretty good catchphrase for the show. So I've been, I'm going to use that. I might even use the most bizarre show on the internet, but I'll figure it out as we go along down that train. Um, if anybody buys any of our merchandise, it'd be super cool to be able to repost it and show that there's love and support out in the world. So don't hesitate to send us a message with you wearing the merchandise so that we can give you guys a shout out and repost it, of course. And, uh, you know, because obviously you guys are into all of this weird stuff, uh, be it that you're listening to Bizarre Encounters, of all things. Uh, go and check out Crypto Theology. I know I talk about it on every single show, but uh, Joe's killing it over there with his awesome cryptid designs. Some of my favorite stuff out there. So I think you guys will really enjoy it if you enjoy this show. So go and pick yourself up some awesome gear from the uh, Open Minds Media Merch Store and from Crypto Theology. And since Jenny's not here today... I'm going to take one for the team, and I'm going to remind all you guys that all this shit is listed in the link tree in the show descriptions. Damn, I thought you were going to try to do a Jenny impression. You got to do it in a high voice. Like, no, I can't even do it. I, I feel like I got to be rude mimicking your voice, but <laughs> everything. No, that's way too high. Everything. Oh, I, I can't even do it. I'm not even going to attempt it, but. No. You're not from Georgia, man. You can't do it. <laughs> you got to attempt it, because at least you got the accent, but. <laughs> And everything we've mentioned is in the link tree shit and the shit below. In the shit show fucking description. Got to throw in some extra swears there. 
<laughs> We're all about swearing in this house. <laughs> swearing and drinking. It's it's the rocks upon which this church is built. Hey, pretty close to my house. The only difference is we have swearing and marijuana. But besides well, the there point. There you go. <laughs> okay, guys. So on tonight's episode, we have Farah from the Conversation Cabin podcast joining us. Uh, on the podcast, they explore the paranormal, cryptids, aliens, UFOs, basically anything strange and unusual in all of its forms. And uh, they even write a little bit of their own short stories. So, um, Farah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, sorry your husband couldn't join us tonight, but uh, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Oh, of course. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. We have two halves of two couples, because normally we have Jenny on the show, and she's not here. I'm assuming normally you have your husband, but he's not here, so we're running half and half today. <laughs> <laughs> we got yep, the skeleton sometimes crew. Sometimes it has to happen. Yep. That's a good name for it. Sure. <laughs> So uh, I guess a good point to kind of start off and get rolling, uh, or, or, and obviously did the awesome intro for you, but, uh, to give people kind of a little bit of a background about who you are and what you do, uh, why don't you kind of let them know a little bit about your podcast, uh, why you started it and kind of where you're at now, as far as all the weird phenomenon that you've had going on for however long you've had it going on for, I guess. <laughs> sure. Sure. Probably about seven months now. So, uh, long story short. Um, moved here in November of last year from Florida. Um, this is the Eastern Tennessee is what they call the paranormal bubble. It's about an hour from Black Mountain, um, about less than two hours from Oak Ridge. So um, I'm in an area where, um, I mean, our town is literally just a, a town sign. No stoplight, no nothing. It takes about 45 minutes to an hour to get to um, your closest like grocery stores, things like that. So it's like a trip you have to take. Um, so we're near the Cumberland River. So there's a great big water source, just so you all know. <laughs> and um, where our property sits is on 488 acres of prime property, as in fields, woods, there's mountains on all four corners of my home. Um, and it's feet from my back door is a ominous cave should call it that um i'm already interested <laughs> yeah so has everyone else taken an entrance because recently i've put a lot of um i've put a few cave investigations so people can see what i do on my property and that of course is the whole reason that i started the conversation cabin podcast because again when we moved here it was trying to get away from crime. We wanted country, you know, the Florida weather was getting way too hot, even though I've always been a beach bum. Um, so coming up here was I wanted privacy. I wanted silence. But, you know, and the looks of the house wasn't what we were going for. It was more of the land because this is an older cabin. It needs work on the outside. I didn't care about that. You know, we'll move someday and, you know, we're going to build something that we want. But, for now, this is good because of just, you know, you have a little bridge that you walk over from the mailbox to get into our front yard. And, you know, you have the cave in the background, you know, right. You go out our back door and it's literally 10 feet to the first entrance, 15 feet to the second, which is the big entrance. Um, so, but that's why I started it because when I came out here, um, I was noticing the silence was quite eerie. Now I've experienced, I've, you know, experienced a, a lot in the paranormal, but I've studied the paranormal for about 20 years now, been doing about five years on cryptids. 
aliens, alien abductions, things like that. But to come out here, we got activity the first month we were here. I mean, now, mind you, the first thing I did the first morning that we were unpacking the U-Haul was we went into the cave. I said, you know, I introduced myself. You always are supposed to be respectful. I know this was never anyone's land, but the first Indians that were here, you know, so, I mean, it was taken from them as we all know. So I went in there with a tobacco offering to say, I'm sorry, and your land is beautiful and I'm so happy to be here and I'll take very good care of it and all of that. And then things just started popping off. So that's why I started the podcast was not only to, you know, show my creations because I like to write. I like, I love so much about the paranormal and cryptids and want to broadcast it and tell stories of others. And, and, um, you know, I also wanted to log my stories. So it's kind of like both it's documenting, you know, I'll always bring on the, on the conversation cabin podcast, my stories, my investigations, but then I also do things like, you know, um, true crime stories, beast of LBL. Um, you know, I'm about to do the haunted tower of London with Anne Boleyn, the story of her Joan of Arc, you know, a bunch of things that are, you know, interesting legends, lore, mysteries, cults, paranormal, all of it, you know, into one. And I, I've gotten great feedback on the podcast because a lot of people, they only find a podcast that just designates for aliens or for true crime or for paranormal. I do all of that mixed into one. Plus I live on a haunted property. So I'm, <laughs> I'm you know, the, a great one to tell a story and to write a story as well. Well, I appreciate the fact that you bring everything all into one fold because that's kind of what we do on our show. Um, not as far into all of like the weird random phenomenon, but more so pertaining to like paranormal cryptids, UFOs, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I know we talk about all the time on the show that all of those things are a lot more connected than what people realize. And sometimes exactly. it takes a show doing it in the right format and actually combining all the ideas instead of leaving them separate to really start to bring that idea home. So it's awesome that there's more shows out there that are actually incorporating everything into one and really taking in the consideration that things don't necessarily always fall into one category. I love your guys' show. I love how, you know, you talk things out and it gives me a different perspective than when, how I'm looking at something. So, you know, okay. and I, and I've, I've wanted to tell you since I first met you, um, what's your name with the hat? I'm sorry. Oh, Oren. Oren, you look like Chester Bennington. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> The Lincoln nicest Park. thing that anybody's ever said to me, I have a Lincoln Park Funko sitting on the shelf. Over <laughs> He's here, one of so. my Please tell me it's Chester. Singers. <laughs> no, so it's like the um, the Hybrid Theory album cover. Um, it's got like the album cover in the back and then the little Funko is like the guy with the wings. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Jenny gave it to me for Christmas one year. But uh, no, I love Lincoln Park. I saw him. Uh, twice before Chester died, luckily. So, um, oh, really? Why? Well, yeah. yeah, you were lucky. Sorry to be off topic, but it just as soon no, as you came no. up on the screen, I was like, <laughs> "Is this Chester Bennington from the dead?" <laughs> like, come well, on no. now. Well, I'm that glad you say that because now I know what to get him for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Chester, he's one of my one of my favorite singers. On top of Lane Staley, of course, that'll always be one of my top number one singers from the original Alice in Chains, but. 
yeah, you look just like Chester. So it's a good thing. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I love uh, Allison Chains as well. And actually, the second time I saw Lincoln Park, Chris Cornell opened for him. So oh, damn, two birds, which, one stone. Yeah, which uh, real. you know, at this point, I'm super thankful I got to see that show since they're both gone now. But so lucky. Yeah, so no, lucky I, I feel very fortunate for that. But thank you. That's yeah. awesome. No, de- definitely, my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> So uh, I guess kind of rolling back into all of the weird stuff that we wanted to talk about today. Uh, let's talk about some of the first stuff, things that started happening as far as like when you moved into the cabin and kind of build it up to where you are now. And then we can get into all of our different weird theories as far as all of that weird phenomenon goes. Definitely. Um, and yeah, where it's at now has taken a really dark turn from where it started. So, but um, first, let's see. First, I was capturing dark black shadows out in my front yard where you would actually see, and I don't know how I was able to, to figure out that it was like they were looking right at me when I was looking out the kitchen window because they were all black. I couldn't see eyes, so I couldn't tell if they were really looking at me or they're turned around, but it felt like they were looking right at me, looking at my house. And then all of a sudden, in a blink of an eye, they would move six feet to the left, like diagonal left behind. And it was just... That was weird. And I've caught that on camera as well. And then um, I caught a UFO in the sky to the left of my porch. Um, Really, really bright light with like a halo sort of underneath. It almost kind of reminded me of Saturn, to be honest, but big, like not where it's mistaken as a star or a satellite. I'm talking like right there in my view. And then um, we have caught a very intelligent light orb. Um, And again, I mean, now this is when we had got our new set of cameras because first we just had a ring camera, which is a good system, but I wanted something bigger, better, stronger, um, wire, more, you know, more cameras, wireless, all of that. So we got Arlo cameras and I was just messing like the, I don't know, maybe we've had them for like six days at that point. And on the sixth night, I just happened to open up the front camera and I was like, oh, I'm going to look and just look at live, you know? So, and I didn't know there was like a little record button at the bottom of the screen. So I hit that just in case. And all of a sudden I started seeing something to the right. And now I've had two different camera systems in my life. I know what a bug looks like. I know I'm, I'm, like I said, I've done research for 20 years on what they look like, a bug, what what they can illuminate like. This thing was intelligent and it was about, I'd say, a big as big as a quarter. And it was bouncing all around and then just shot right in front of the camera and just stayed there and was like looking at me, like through the camera. And like I could feel it looking at me it's like wanted me to know i see you i'm watching you you don't usually get that feeling when you look at a bug so (laughs) the fact that i got that feeling was weird and then um we had i caught an owl apparition Mm. which still you know it's so far out because when you see the owl come in to the picture you can't see it flying in 
it is just it it comes like translucent in front of my porch and then sits on top of our grill hmm. like right there what owl does that owls usually stay in the woods stay away but also you couldn't see this thing swoop down in la lechusa right it like <laughs> literally just appeared flapped twice landed on the grill and you could see through it it wasn't solid and then that was it that's the first time and the last time in seven months that i've ever caught that out i don't hear an owl at night when we're out there roasting hot dogs or marshmallows or just having a fire never heard it never seen it again um just to connect with that too i know that you said that you saw the ufo um, have you ever actually physically seen any like extraterrestrial type beings? Because just off of like the top of my head, I associate them with owls, even with the concept of them possibly trying to use some type of like telekinetic ability to change your perception into thinking that there's something else. And that's probably the closest thing like visually in the face to what they look like. So I'm just curious if you've seen any other like extraterrestrial type figures and if this could possibly be them trying to mask themselves and kind of try to keep an eye on you a little bit closer. To be honest with you, that's a great question because that's how I felt when I was staring at that light orb that was staring it back at me. Mm. I I got the feeling that it was something that was masking itself like that to be able to get close to our house. And it was staying there almost to inspect us because this was probably, I think I caught that maybe, maybe three months in from living here by that time. And... It, it's just the way that it looked, mm -hmm. you know, and I felt like it was something more alienish. Now, as we get to the recent events, yes, I do think something else is going on and I'll get to that. Um, as far as seeing anything like alienish physically around, no, but that's where we get to. Um, so I had wanted to get into raising chickens. <clears throat> because, of course, with inflation, you know, and everything and eggs become expensive, everybody said it's a lot cheaper to do that, blah, blah, blah. Plus, you know, I, this is what the whole point I moved to a place like this for. I wanted to start homesteading. Chickens are the best anyways. I mean, I got 12 oh, yeah. chickens. Chickens are the best. They're easy to take care of. They're fun to take care of. And they're cool to hang out with. <laughs> and they're so loving. Exactly. You can watch them all day. So I got, so we're at March now. And I got my first set of seven chickens. Okay. You know that they're inside their brooder for a couple weeks. And so we got an enclosure, um, like a, an open enclosure. It's like screened in, but you know, they can see all around them. And then I have like a, uh, they have a roof and everything, but so, um, we put up the, we were putting up the screen enclosure on a weekend and even that weekend we were hearing like something bipedal walking in the woods above our cave in, in the mountain. Like our, you know, you have to envision you're looking at this huge cave and it actually is like the entrance of a mountain. And then there's woods because it's a mountain right there, right behind our house. Like you would be scared if you were here for me, that there's not going to be rocks and trees falling down from a storm right onto my house. Just a quick side a note too. You have to send me a picture that I can encode in, uh, that I can put into the cover art so that the listeners will know will. exactly what you're talking about too. But just, I, I, I definitely I, will. Not to sidetrack. I just want to throw that one in there. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course. Of course. 
Um, so we were setting up the enclosure. Like I said, we heard something that was walking up in this mountain. And then we started hearing whistles. And Jake and I both were like, do you hear that? You know, we just kept we just kept going along, you know, not paying any attention to it. So it comes to where we're now going to bring the seven chickens outside. It's their first night. But the day before that, I had gone into the to the cave to do a paranormal investigation. You know, I take my dowsing rods in, I take my EVP recorder in, my spirit talker in, change up between ghost tube two. Um, you know, I go in there and I'm doing some investigations, got some voices, got some whispers, got some shuffling, you know, got words on the spirit talker, all that. Mind you, there is no service whatsoever before you even walk into the cave. As soon as you get to where you see the cave, a circle with a slash goes through on my cell phone for no service. And then the Wi-Fi cuts out, which is very weird because you can go on the other side of the backyard and you get service. But right when you get to that cave... You don't, you're not even hitting the roof yet where a roof is under you, where that could explain it. You're still outside and it's nothing. So for the fact that the spirit talker words even come up is weird because that means it's not getting any service to get like a fake reading, I guess you could say, or anything like that. But then, so I did that and then we put the chickens out and literally two days later, I go out there to feed my chickens and I'm like something looks different because with seven chickens that's a good little starter brood mm -hmm. you know you see them in there there it looks filled you know I'm like one two three four five where's two chickens setting two up chickens a food source for them <laughs> apparently and I go and I look you look at the front of the enclosure I walked a little bit to the right and there was a fist size hole and all there was, was a couple feathers, no blood, that whole backyard and front yard, side yard, no foot, no head, no eyeball, no body, no gizzards, no nothing of two chickens. And I start walking to the front of the cave and there's four feathers <laughs> just put right there. Didn't, didn't think anything of anything at that time until we're getting to present day where last week or no this the beginning of this week on Tuesday I go out in the afternoon and bullet one of my male chickens is outside of the enclosure and I'm like <laughs> what are you doing out here bullet how did you even get out here because my the door is a chain link locked door. So mm -hmm. you have to first pop it out of the thing and then put it up and then you can open it. And I look and I'm like, one, two, three. Oh my God, I'm missing a chicken. And I look down and there's now a fist size hole in the front of the enclosure. And there's a couple feathers there. And I'm like, oh my God, it's my other hen. And I'm screaming and crying. I'm looking all over the yard again. Not a talon, not a foot, not an eyeball, not nothing. I look at Bullseye, my rooster. His entire throat feathers are torn out. You can see his esophagus, his crop, but yet no bite marks, no blood, 
no scratches, nothing. It was like something grabbed him and ripped the feathers out. I go toward the other entrance of the cave, which I've been recently investigating. Mm -hmm. And there's three feathers <laughs> right there at the entrance. Another chicken, bullseye torn apart. Thank God he's still alive. And bullet somehow outside of the enclosure, which he could not have fit in a hole this big because he's full size. Mm -hmm. He's this big around with tons of feathers and he would have gotten stuck. Plus, there was a branch that was sticking on the one side of the enclosure. A branch was sticking inside one of the small, I have wire that goes like this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so little. It's so precise. Somebody had to literally wedge that stick in, and it was like they almost shooed my chickens hmm. to, like, the front. That has to have a thumb mm -hmm. to hold a stick and stick it in there. Then I just noticed two days ago when I went for a walk, this was a day after it happened. I was trying to find more evidence. I felt I'm, I was crying because I wanted to find Smitty, my hen, because I'm like, I haven't been able to bury one of my chickens and I love my chickens to death. I put so much love and care and money and time and everything in them. And I was just like, no, I'm, I'm going to find her. So I walked across our bridge into the road, the dirt road that's in front of our house. And I started walking. Now, mind you, when I'm looking to the left of the road, there's a 12 foot steep drop into a creek bed. And then you walk across the, the creek bed, which is probably about eight to 10 feet long. And then you go up a steep 12 foot incline to get to my backyard. So there's woods that starts a little ways at the end of my backyard. And I always wondered since I moved here, you know, if anything was ever in my backyard, it probably crawls down the edge of my backyard, goes into the creek bread, and then takes an immediate left because there's a dugout, like something always has been walking to go to this way to get up the mountain because the rest of the mountain, if you keep walking down the road, is all very steep. This is the only place where you can start walking into the mountain where it's like, ground level a little bit and then you can you know start walking your way up more easily mm -hmm. and I looked down there and I'm like what is that a piece of tacky paper five foot long that was stuck to the back of my coop inside the enclosure it was what I did was I took a drawer it was a, a cubby set that you get at Walmart mm -hmm. with like the six cubbies in it but it's open on the back and the front mm -hmm. I had I had stapled tacky paper on the back so when the chickens got in their little coop nothing could see them in behind they could have their little you know they're all three sides covered except for them looking out you know mm -hmm. it was stuck twisted down in a tree and twisted in the roots how did that get out of my enclosure 20 feet through my whole backyard 12 feet down into the creek bed five feet to the start of that walking path up into the mountain and it's tied around. Something had to have drugged that all that way, but from inside my enclosure as well. So something opened that door, mm -hmm. got my chickens. And it almost seems like there was two of something. One that used that stick to shoe them. One that was at the other end. It couldn't grab them from the fist size hole that it made. 
So it figured out how to open up and the lock sits eye level with me and I'm five, eight. And it had to be two things working together because it tore one of my roosters apart. Another one was outside the enclosure, which means he got out. They closed the door and didn't see him out. And he's still out. And then also drug tacky paper, 35, 40 feet away from the enclosure. This is a super common occurrence as far as Sasquatch, if this is Sasquatch, stealing chickens and also using teamwork to do things. Um, I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but there's stories about uh, Sasquatch essentially teaming up together and braiding the back of a horse's hair so that mm -hmm. one can hold it and then the other one can, you know, molest the horse essentially. And same kind of thing goes for like the chicken coops that more often than not, it seems like uh, people have had these types of situations with chicken coops. They don't just like bust a hole in the side of it. They strategically think about how to get inside of it, either through opening the door or through using teamwork in order to kind of like usher them to the side. And there's been a few different things I've seen with like dogmen doing this type of thing. But usually it seems like when dogmen will do it, they'll just rip a straight hole in the side of the coop where like the Sasquatch will purposely try to do it to a point where they're almost trying to be unnoticeable or at least they think they're unnoticeable mm. so that they'll assume that it won't be bad enough that you won't have the chickens, but it'll, you know, you're only down one or two, you'll just get new ones. So you'll have like a constant food source. So I think they strategically try to do this and only take certain amounts at a time, knowing that if they take too many, that you're just going to give up and then they're not going to have access to these chickens in the first place. But then you're also mentioning uh. the cave and I wanted to just kind of throw this in as a possibility too. Um, I, this is actually why I was looking in this book I had sitting here. Um, have you guys ever heard of the Boogeyman from Olympia, uh, Kentucky? Uh, I've heard of it. So the story behind these things is that they're pretty much these weird cave-dwelling humanoid type creatures. They're, they're, more, they're almost like, a, imagine like a cave-dwelling human. Like that's essentially what these things looked like. And there's some miners that blew a hole into a new area to try to go into a new area in this cave. And they found two of these things in there eating a bear carcass. So they actually ended up hiring a bunch of hunters, trappers, mercenaries, whatever, whoever, to come and actually like kill bears in this cave. So there's like proof, not just beyond the story, but actual like physical proof of the, um, trying to hire people in to come and take care of these things in these caves. But I mean, that's in Kentucky. That's not too, too far from you. And there's a lot of like weird phenomenon as far as like Appalachia goes with mm -hmm. these weird humanoid goblin type beings living in caves. So if you have a cave that's touching your backyard, I mean, you know, there's definitely the possibility of it being like the Sasquatch phenomenon, considering you found the piece of paper um, way farther away from your backyard. But uh, I'm also wondering and still kind of throwing it into consideration. I mean, what if there are some type of things living in that cave, not necessarily like Sasquatch, but, you know, some of these Something like else. humanoid man cave dwellers. And, you know, you got that chicken coop backed up to their house. They take it, take off into that, uh, take off into that cave and they could prepare it inside of the cave. And I mean, it could even be two separate things too. I mean, the first time that this happened where the trail led into the cave, it could have been these things going there in the cave. And then the second time going into the woods, because you said you have multiple phenomenon going around, it could be a totally different group of beings that took the ones and took off down the creek. And, you know, Shane, you were talking about uh, like the Sasquatch braiding uh, the horse manes and whatnot. That's also a big thing in like fairy lore. And, you know, in the books I talk about all the time on the show, those uh, where the footprints end books and uh, fair just um, in case you haven't heard of them. So it's a series of two books. And basically the authors look at the Bigfoot phenomenon through the eyes of like folklore and um, basically try to connect it to 
you know, poltergeists and UFOs and fairy lore and things like that. And they were talking about in the book how, you know, this um, this phenomenon that Shane was talking about with the uh, Sasquatches braiding horse manes. That's also a big thing in fairy lore. And, you know, going back to the cave, that's kind of what it made me think of, you know, just these interconnections between the Sasquatch phenomenon and what's historically thought of as like fairy lore and caves being the entrance to the underground or the underworld or fairy realms. And I mean, so, no, this is awesome. I'm so glad you came on the show. Cause I, I'm just kind of eat up with this whole cave system thing. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're well, both I on top s- of this one. <laughs> I have something for you. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'll send it, I'll send it to you guys after the show. Mm-hmm. But I had a professional remote viewing done mm-hmm. to my property, and um, one of the things that was written was a gugwi, a face-eating Sasquatch. It's a mutant Sasquatch that has a canine-like face, and I will also send you the picture that my husband caught a dogman-looking <laughs> creature across the way in the woods. It's pitch black like the blacker than black that everybody talks about you know even in the dark you can see something blacker than black it was here and then i went and took a picture of the same spot the next day to compare it and yeah something was there like looking right back but another thing as you were saying about the aliens you know i've gone in that cave several times this was the only time the other day before the chickens were taken again, that I went more farther. I went farther in. I caught something on camera. You could you could hear three footsteps way in front of me all the way down at the end of the cave. Now, granted, I don't know if it's the end. I'm just meaning what from the end that I could see. But I, I had boots on and it's money in there. So, you know, I know what it sounds like. It's like a, you know, muddy sound when you're walking. In front of me, I heard three steps, and then all of a sudden, two steps behind me. But this cave also has, like, side entrances once you go in, like side cutouts that you can go down and find out what's down there. Mm-hmm. It was the first time out of all the times that I've been in that cave where I was like, I felt like something was going to grab me. And I wasn't thinking Sasquatch, why I thought aliens I, I don't know, but I kept pointing my flashlight. I got so scared, which usually I'm a badass. I go down there. I don't care. I'm like, I want answers, so I'm going to put myself in any situation. Always careful as I can be, of course, but I'm walking. I'm like wanting to go and walk back, and I'm like down the cave, right, left, in front, walk a little bit, down the cave, right, front, and I and I'm even sitting there thinking, oh, my God, they're going to take me and Jake's going to come home. Okay. Will Jake be able to know where I'm at? Okay. So if he goes in the house and I'm not there and then he goes out and sees the chickens are still there and he knows I'm not there. Okay. He'll look in the cave, right? That's the first time I ever sat there and was thinking about how this should all end up going on. Hopefully I'll be found if I was taken. I've never thought that in depth before because Jake Mm -hmm. was at work. When I did this, that's how much of a badass I try to be. Cause I'm like, I don't need to wait for him to come home. I'm going in there now, but my God, I went to, to so much in depth about what would happen. 
And I thought they were going to come from the sides. I wasn't thinking down, even though I heard something from down that way and behind me. So it's like, how do you get to those specific thoughts like that? Your body's feeling something, you know that. And I've had some people tell me that I'm more sensitive to this stuff than I think that I don't give myself credit for. Cause I hate, mm -hmm. you know, you see on YouTube, you know, every girl is a medium, you know, with big boobs walking in. <gasps> I feel something. And it's like, well, no shit. We're in a scary haunted house. Of course you're going to feel something. <laughs> but it's like, I really try to be authentic. I'm not a medium, you know, nothing like that. I try to document the evidence. I don't care if you believe me or not. I'm doing this to document for my own answers. And if, and if I want to share it with you all, you take it and do with what you will and say with what you will, but you're not going to bother me. But I just don't you know, and I want to keep investing in investigating this cave. You guys know that um, maybe you didn't hear, but next weekend we're having Operation Cryptid go on at my house. The guys from Cryptid Warfare Port podcast, oh, wow. the Cryptid Huntress, Jessica Jones, some military guys are coming out. They're bringing comms, drones, walkies, everything. We're going on this huge hunt Friday and Saturday. We're going to do the cave in the daytime where it's cooler in there, of course, you know, because it's hot here. And then uh, do night investigations for Sasquatch and Dogman because, like I said, when I send you the remote viewing stuff, she even drew a picture of three beans. Mm -hmm. Very weird. Alien tech, we get like a train noise under our house. Not like it's a rumble but it's like a train it's like there's a train underneath my house because you can hear it go and then if you're laying on our bed our toes go like this have you dug into the whole shakes. done thing like the secret underground bases because if you have dogman phenomenon one thing that i've been talking about like crazy and everybody says it's fucking portals but i don't get that from it at all the weird metallic sound that people hear before Dogman encounters, I think is doors opening. And I think that there's secret underground bases way more than people realize because it's simple to make an underground base when all you have to do is add doors and you're using an already existing tunnel system. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if there is secret underground bases, assumably you're going to need to be able to transport things underground. So, I mean, if you're having Dogman encounters and you have this weird train rumble that's going on underneath and you know that there's caves and tunnels everywhere, I'm almost curious of like, what government operations could potentially be under the ground. And that could also partly be contributing to all the weird phenomenon that you're having is because either one, they're fucking with shit or two, they purposely are in that area because there's weird phenomenon in the first place. There's, we get Apache and Blackhawk helicopters that fly over our house almost once every two weeks, maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I'm talking right over our house. Like, they don't go over here across the field. They come right through my backyard, like right up above. Like, does it feel like they're trying to keep the an cave. eye on that cave? Yeah, yeah. It it look well. It, just even this right here, my whole area, the whole backyard cave. What I'm doing, and you know, it was really weird when I was investigating the cave earlier this week. I had two different helicopters in those two days come around my house and I'm like, do they not want me in this? Do they see what I'm doing? Cause I was, you saw you would, if you were like looking from afar, you'd see me in the backyard. I was on live, you know, showing the cave to people on TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. And, 
you know, because people want to see the property, you know, mm-hmm. and then like two hours later, here they come. And I'm like, what? Like, am I not allowed? Like, who are you? What are you doing here? Like, you know, I mean, get the f- out of my place, you know, because like, I mean, I would rather you just come and like, you know, tell me that you're going to look. Don't don't the spy thing is what I don't like. Now, another thing that I will tell you about the dog man thing. Um, we have my husband when we first put up that chicken enclosure. Don't laugh. He's not weird or anything, but the guys he works with. They're from Tennessee, born and raised. We're not. And they said, Jake, go pee around the screen enclosure and nothing will come and get your chickens. It didn't work. But the next couple, it took like three weeks. Our air conditioner is in our bedroom, which pulls from the backyard pretty much. Like, you know, you can smell things, you know, if a skunk sprays, the air conditioner pulls it in, you know. This, it smelled like four blue barrels of dog piss that was just poured right in front of our air conditioner. And then you got to taste it in your mouth. Like if you would put a penny in your mouth mm-hmm. and it was so bad twice where it singed my nose hairs and went up into my stomach that I took off in the bathroom and I was gagging now, some people say that might have been infrasound making me sick or something like that. But, dude, I couldn't even. My husband's like passed out and I'm like, Bleh. you know, I couldn't even go to sleep because it was so bad. And we've had pounding on our house, too. Mm-hmm. Not from a human, because a human that pounds a log cabin, you would barely be able to hear a little thud pounding. This thing pounded so loud that we got our guns out and ran out front. That's how loud it was. And it shook my bathroom decor. Fucking tree knocking on the cabin. (laughs) This was a huge, like a beast pounded because it, and it almost felt like a warning. Mm -hmm. That's how it felt. It didn't, because I mean, it wasn't a human. It was 10 o'clock at night. And it was on our front porch, which you can't get on our front porch unless you walk up three steps and hit the motion video camera. So something had to climb up from that creek bed or something came from the backyard, crawled up on my front porch from the end of it and then pounded right weirdly on our bedroom area. (laughs) They didn't go to the kitchen on the other side in the front by the side front door by our bedroom where they knew we were watching TV. That's very intelligent. So, Farah, I, I think that's crazy. Uh, I mean, we hear about these stories about Sasquatch knocking on roofs and walls and whatnot. So, I mean, that seems like something that would fall right into that category. But I wanted to circle back real quick um, when you're talking about the helicopter activity and whatnot. And I know our normal listeners are probably sick of me telling this story, so I'm going to run through it as quickly as possible. But um, I grew up in eastern North Carolina, right across the river from a military base. And when I was a kid, like the same type of thing, like military helicopters, all the time, like nightly, they would be doing uh, maneuvers, shooting off flares. Like this happened literally every night when I was a kid. 
And um, at one point, we had what I would consider a men in black experience. Like the typical, you know, guys in the black suits, black ties, pulled up in a white van in our front yard. And we're just like walking around the perimeter of our yard, uh, like where the water was, um, like looking out to where the base was on the other side of the water. And, you know, you were talking about how you thought that they knew you were like investigating the cave and whatnot Mm -hmm. and like telling this story on podcasts and talking through it with different people. I kind of think the same thing was going on there where I grew up when I was a kid is uh, these people were coming and seeing what could we see from where our property was. So I think, you know, this idea of, you know, these military installations and cryptids and whatnot, I think it's all connected because that property had very dark, ominous feelings that like, as a kid, I didn't realize that just wasn't what everything felt like until, you know, I went away to college. And since then, my sister spent a lot of time at the property and a lot of weird things have gone on since then. So I think there's definitely this connection between, you know, these military, excuse me, military helicopters and activity and, you know, high strangeness cryptid type stuff. So uh, sorry to derail the conversation, but when you were talking about that, that just, I wanted to share just a little bit of my background. My husband's actually ex-military. He was in the army in the 82nd Airborne. So he knows, you know, that they're not supposed, they don't fly in the day like this and Mm -hmm. do a little. And sometimes when I've seen them, they will go through the backyard and then they'll circle and come back around and they actually tilt. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're to tilt to look more down in my backyard. You know, it's just very weird. Yeah. And at some point, uh, you know, looking back, it's hard for me to remember timelines of things. But like I said, this activity happened constantly when I was growing up. And then at some point in my teenage years, it just completely stopped. Like, no helicopter activity. So, you know, we kind of wonder now, you know, was there some type of portal type situation or, you know, like Shane was talking about, some kind of, you know, underground something that they were monitoring. And then at some point, you know, that whatever they were doing just stopped. So, um, right. so I don't know. New area. <laughs> yeah, but it just, uh, like I said, when you're telling that story, it just made me think a whole lot about, things i've seen and experienced i think there's definitely something to it well thank you for sharing your story because it's nice to know you know when it's a we have such a great community Mm -hmm. you know here and not only just for podcaster community you know we all collab we all talk to each other and share stories but the paranormal alien bigfoot because you know that there's those people that think you're crazy and you know i'm not you know and 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 I'm, I'm, the thing is about me is I'm still, I still have a skeptical mind, but see, it's different now for me because I'm here and I'm experiencing myself. And I'll even send you guys um, the video I took yesterday. Um, something was whistling right before I went on live with Jessica Jones, the cryptid huntress. I was outside for a little bit and me and my husband were out there and something was whistling across the field. We would whistle, it would whistle back. And it would just wait two, three minutes. I meant to ask this earlier when you were talking about the whistling. Like, what, what's the whistling sound like? Is it like melodic whistling or is it just like the standard like whistling sound without any type of like melody to it? It goes. 
So just that. a straight standard whistle then, because it'd almost be like I was expecting that it might have like a weird like little variation to it, like a like a little bit of like a melody no. or something. Now the one time we were putting up the screen enclosure, yes, it did more of like a like a, it had a melody to it. I don't know, I can't remember off the bat what it was, but this one was more just like because that's what he was doing. Jake was doing a. And it did it back. So it's almost really like weird. It, it was mimicking. mimicking. Mm -hmm. That's kind of yeah. this whole weird thing that I've been kind of trying to get at with this whole thing. We, we recently, we talked about on the last episode that we did um, about this whole idea of like orbs and how orbs always seem to be seen around UFO stuff. They seem to be seen around paranormal stuff and Sasquatch stuff. So I even threw in the theory of what if these orbs are actually the being and they don't have necessarily like a physical form if they're from somewhere right. else or if they're even from this reality, but they're able to pick physical forms depending on like what's going on. So, you know, if they're trying to protect the woods, then they're going to portray themselves as this giant ape creature to scare people out of certain areas mm -hmm. of the woods, which could explain why the footsteps will take three steps and then just stop is because they don't need to be in that form anymore. And then same right. kind of goes with when you're having these like weird experiences where you're in like uh sacred woods and people will be seeing like uh, native Americans and stuff that are just like ominously watching them off in the distance. So they hear the drum circles, things like that. It makes you, I think that it, there's a possibility that it could all be literally the same thing. And at the simplest form of it, it's a simply an energy that can mimic things physically and verbally. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that could almost completely explain all the phenomenon as far as even just these things being um, intelligent and like moving and seeming like they're doing their own thing. And I mean, that could even explain the owl thing because the owl is pretty close to almost like an orb as it's coming in and being a translucent mm -hmm. form where it could even fit that whole kind of concept too. But uh, also just something to throw in out of curiosity because I've heard a few people talk about it. Um, have you tried to hit any of these orbs with a laser light? No, I haven't. Um, but I will also... You can hear my bird in the background. Um, you will also, I'll, I don't know if I sent it to you or not, but it is on my Instagram. Like when I first started my Instagram um, for the Conversation Cabin podcast, um, it's, uh, I caught a Bigfoot howl. The first time I put my new EVP recorder outside of the cave, it was outside. So it caught it and it sounded like it was about a mile away. And then I caught tree knocks right here in this woods right behind my house so and i knew then that there was more than one because it happened at the same time where there was walking i caught walking on the evp like bipedal walking and then the how happened and it's like well i can hear the walking right here so that has to be these woods right here and the house sounds you know a little bit of ways like across the field on the side of our house into those woods mm -hmm. so you know i i i've just i i definitely think even the remote viewer said that there she gets a feeling of an underground base alien tech i've heard like a dumpster you know how like uh the garbage men drop the metal dumpsters mm -hmm. like scraping and stuff i hear that way in the woods across from my house you i know, wonder if that's like a door like or something like some kind of door inside of the cave, not like something that's going into the outside, but like some type of door that's blocking off like one section of the cave from another area of the cave. Like maybe there's something weird that they're keeping in a specific area of the cage and they only open the door at certain times to let it out at certain times, which also fits into my whole theory about the metallic sound and them letting out these dog men to eat. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Well, there was a little, there was something that um, someone said about some military back in the day might have been injected with like a bear and a wolf DNA. It was like a male and female and they were wanting to see how they act in the wild and they were dropping them off over like in places overseas like Africa and, you know, the English forest and different woods places. And there was supposedly a couple that was dropped here in Eastern Tennessee and they were eradicated because they were killing Mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, mind you, I'm not far from the LBL either, which, you know, we all know that story from the 80s. So I do think that this property holds something. I do know that we're on ley lines. I do know that. And I do think that there's some type of portal that might be in that cave. Because every time that I've gone in that cave, it's really weird. I've gone in there several, several times. You cannot see your breath doesn't go out when you talk. It's cool but not cold the other day before my chicken was killed and taken when i went in there and i was getting all these words they're demons on the spirit talker they're demons they're watching you all we're watching you all of this my breath was just coming out everywhere and i was like and i didn't even think about it until i was talking to Jake today, I said, well, hey, you know, yeah, when we do Operation Cryptid, we're going to investigate the cave in the daytime because, you know, it's really cold in there. And he was like, it's not cold in there. It's cool. And I was like, well, I saw my breath the other day. He's like, no, you didn't. And he was like, show me that video. And you can see it's just, but I, I've been in there several times and it is, you cannot see your breath like that. So when I was getting those words and I heard those steps, I was breathing out like it was freezing in there when I was back there the other day. And this is a 90 degree weather, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not, I was not that far in the cave. Cause again, I was by myself. I was maybe, I was maybe 30, 35 feet in, in that cave. I was not at all. You could still turn. I could turn around and see the lighted entrance of the cave. I could see the woods from across my house still. So it should not be that freezing when warm air is also getting matched in there too. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, this place is full of just everything. And after Nick Valente confirmed it for me that I don't just have family, a family of Sasquatch on here. He thinks I have tons of Sasquatch and maybe other things. Then that's when I knew, all right, well, if he says it, then, I mean, he's like the expert here, you know? I mean, I send him all my stuff, pictures, remote viewing, all of this. So I know for sure there's something. We're hopefully going to find out what it is next weekend. You know, I mean, anything. If Even if it's one of, of every, you know, genre, cryptid, alien, this, that. I think this is just a place where everything can be at because there's a portal. There's an energy here. It's like a crossroads. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I grew up in Eastern North Carolina. I currently live in Raleigh, so not too far from where you're at. And, you know, in just a little bit of research I've done, there's something to this Appalachian mountain range. Yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. quartz deposits. I don't know what's going on, but it's just a hotbed for this strange activity. You know, I don't know if it's the cave systems or what. I'm sure you've seen at this point 
the map that's been going around where it's like the cave system mm-hmm. overlaid on top of the missing persons and all that. And uh, something you said a few minutes ago kind of, you know, tipped me off on something I was thinking about, um, about like the genetic modifications and the people being dropped into Eastern Tennessee, the Smokies region. Um, since you've been in Tennessee, have you ever heard anything about like the uh, supposed feral people living in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park? I've brief, I've like in passing have mm-hmm. heard a little bit of that. And actually, of course, you know, Jessica and Drew and all of them, they were asking, you know, do you think that there might be feral people living in that cave? Like, are you in an area where you could get some transients? No, I'm not. I'm well, not in an area, but could there be something? Well, of course there could be something, but mm-hmm. the type of action that I'm getting here, it just doesn't seem human humanoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's with everything else that's happened. No, I agree with you from what you've said. I think you definitely have something more paranormal going on, but um, I just, I like to ask that question when people oh, no. are from yeah. that area, because it seems like, you know, that's something that a lot of people haven't heard is this whole idea that, you know, and I, I think it was like the 30s or the 40s when they were getting yeah. ready to open the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. You know, there's uh, I, and I can't remember his name now, but there's this gentleman and he was talking about how I think it was his uncle or something was talking about how the U.S. government came in before they were getting ready to establish the national park and like rounded up a bunch of local men and sent them into the area where the park was going to be to eradicate these beings that were in this land. And so basically, you know, the idea is kind of the national park was established to keep people out of this area and maintain and contain whatever's going on in that area, in that region. Do I think that there's, you know, and, and mind you, I was born and raised in Western Pennsylvania, I'm talking like about an hour north of Pittsburgh, like Mercer County area, Amish area. I was raised around woods. You get a whole, even as much as I was raised in the woods and land and, you know, spaced out, not house to house to house living, you know, where I lived, the next house was 10 miles away, you know, Mm -hmm. but I got a new appreciation for how big the woods can be in the mountains because when you, when we came here, like the hills that we had to climb with the U-Haul to get here and we're sitting up, we're up, like up, up not normal up (laughs) we're like up here where we get that mountain fog that's how high we are up here but i have a new appreciation for it that good god yes could there be feral people definitely i mean look how thick just these woods around me are but it just doesn't seem and i'm not trying to say i'm not trying to say this because i want something to be paranormal i'm not that type of person it's just what I'm getting for evidence, it doesn't show me it's human. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, I, I don't know. It's weird. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think just from what you said, there's absolutely something paranormal going on, but um, I don't know. Whenever somebody, like I said, is in the East Tennessee area, I always like to throw that story in just cause I think it's really interesting. No, yeah. So, 
I got a couple theories to throw in on this one. As far as like the biblical view and like the paranormal side of stuff, there's always like all the weird stuff about Appalachia being the oldest mountain range and how people think that, you know, all these demons, these evil creatures got locked in the earth. They think that potentially they could have been locked underneath Appalachia. And as people were mining, starting to dig into different areas, new things started popping out. And that's why we have all this weird phenomenon that happens around the Appalachian mountains. But just to throw in another possible theory too, uh, I don't know if you guys get into the whole like Graham Hancock, like uh, apocalypse idea about how like we're essentially like a, a people with amnesia that every single time there's a great catastrophe apocalypse that happens that we pretty much restart from the base. And one of the things that I've kind of wondered and talked about, and he does talk about on his newest documentary too, um, is about how there's been like certain, there's been waves of different things that have happened. And I kind of feel that there has been multiple waves. And on like one of the first waves was when you had an issue with some type of great impact where everybody chose to go underground. And that's where you hear all of these old native stories about these people that came out of the ground and started teaching them new things and started doing this and that. And then the apocalypse after that was the great flood when all the water came, when all the like ice started melting farther north and all started rushing downward, which could have also been brought on by an impact melting all the ice at a drastic, in a drastic short period of time. Um, but everybody started building up. That's where you get all of these like pyramids, different things where it seems like there's structures that people could climb up from any side. And I think part of the intention of those was so that if there was great water that rushed through, at least everybody kind of had a high point to get up to. But premise I was trying to get at with that overly explained explanation was um, I still think that there's a good possibility that there was people that went underground during one of these great cataclysms. And that being said, they could have came from a civilization where they were more advanced than we expected that they, that they were. And a lot of this stuff that we're perceiving as magic or paranormal or just often weird um, that we can't explain with our technology because we moved in a totally different direction could just be basic science to a different civilization that brought up with different customs, different values, and they didn't work on electronic ideas, but maybe working with stone or working with this or working with that. So if it's possible that some of these feral people still existed, they're generations, generations, generations later, and they've adapted to live in these caves at this point where, you know, there's not really a point in coming back out onto the surface now because they're so far adapted into these caves, they could still have remnants of this old technology and to us, we're perceiving it as magic because we don't understand it, but it could be something completely simple where, you know, they may have some type of device that's able to change their physical appearance. And that's why you're possibly seeing all this different weird stuff, or they might have, um, different devices that can, uh, you know, push like a fear state on you, which could have been why you were thinking about like, what if I die in this cave? What is this going to happen? Because it's just trying to kind of like deter you away from mm -hmm. where they are. Because assumably if you have an advanced culture rather than barricading yourself into a cave where you can't get out. If you have some type of advanced technology to ward things away, you're going to use that first. So, you know, if humans now set up some type of like tunnel based cave system to live in, you know, maybe we'll do a big door, but the other possibility is you just leave it wide open so that it doesn't even look like anybody exists in there. But as soon as people start getting close to that entrance, then you start having safeguards or booby traps that aren't necessarily booby traps like we imagine in like Indiana Jones, but just something that pushes out like a frequency that's like, oh no, I need to get out of here and make somebody freak out. So I'm kind of curious if you get farther into the cave, if this feeling and this weirdness gets deeper and, you know, we're looking at it like it's paranormal, but it could simply be like a science from an ancient civilization about like a frequency that scares you away from getting to this point where their actual entry point into this cave is. Well, I will have to agree with you on the theory that I do believe there are, there is some, something, some type of beings that live in like a middle earth 
situation. I don't, I think that's why aliens are always around our nuclear plants and trying to deter us from war in some little small way that they're always around because when we practiced or, you know, did, you know, practice bombs for the Hiroshima, like when the atom bomb first came around, you know, it was said that you know, we were visited, like, don't, you know, like somebody was a little upset that we did that because it shook, you know, underground where there are people that are living. Now, if you look at my cave on the pictures that I'll send you, um, first of all, just so you do know, this cave has been investigated by Tennessee State University for a hundred years. They have pulled artifacts out of there. It was known that either the Chickasaw or Cherokee did live in there. They, they utilized the cave. This was all underwater. So the cave has a lot of cutouts. But if you notice on the one picture that I'm going to send you, where the huge entrance is, there's these two entrances on the side, one that's up high and one that's kind of in the middle. They almost look like apartments. Mm -hmm. And if you walk to the one area, right, if you go, if you go out my back door to the right, that's where you're going to head to the big entrance of the cave. If you go up to the left there's an entrance there but next to the entrance there is what it looks to me like an old stove fire pit it's actually curved like this has moss all on top of it it's dug out and then there were rocks that fell on top of it. i moved the one rock there was a hole there like a smokestack and if you walk in the cave, you'll also see when you look up really high, there's little dugouts, like little carve outs. And they look like there's little pathways that go up to the dugouts. Like there has been something, someone that has gone up and down there for years. Now, again, yes, it was underwater at one time, but this was after and then the Indians moved into it when it was, you know, when people came here to settle here and it wasn't underwater anymore. But you see like dirt crumbles, like it looks like someone's in there right now. Mm -hmm. Like it's not me. I don't go up there. I can't go up there. I wouldn't go up there by myself anyway, because when you look up there. You see an opening, but that's all you see. You don't know what's there. And I'm not going to go up there and peek and there's there some family of Sasquatch. They were the fish and I'm like, you know, <laughs> getting killed or something. So, you know, I'm, that's what I'm going to save this coming weekend for is to, you know, have Drewski and them come out and, you know, and I'm also going to do, I'm going to record the whole thing, do as much live as I can you know, so people can be with us and see what, you know, we do, because this is like something for the books. No one has ever investigated this land before. They've done geology studies. You know, that's what I mean by the Tennessee State University. Um, and uh, but like I said, this just feels like there's a portal here, mm -hmm. more than one. Yes, I do believe there's something underneath. Yes, I do believe there could be feral people out in the woods. But again, what I'm getting from my evidence, and I did catch tracks in my yard, which I'll also send you, by the way, of a Bigfoot track. I even caught another track where it was a paw probably this big, mm. and it even had a claw dig, like a claw was out of the paw. Mm. And I mean, the claw mark sliced, like sliced the mud. It was weird. It didn't have any other ones, but just the one. But 
it just seems to me there's something that's, like I said, something very intelligent because when I go in that cave, something comes out, takes a chicken, and then leaves feathers at the door like, you come in my place, now I'm going to come in your place, and then I'm going to leave you a little sprinkle of feathers right at the entrance, not inside the cave, mm -hmm. at each entrance, both times that this happened. Like, you come to this entrance again, remind you what's going to happen again then. Like, there's your feathers from your chicken, don't come any further. It seems like it even got pushed up, too, because you said that you had that piss smell that was right outside your window. I almost get the impression yeah. of, like, you know, this is the property line. So it's almost like the thing was kind of telling you at first, like, all right, you guys are fine in the backyard. But now, because you guys have been investigating yeah. this stuff more, it's almost seems like it's marking the territory as in, like, you don't leave this house. This house is your area. The rest of this around it, this is ours. So, like, and the best way to project that inside. is to piss right outside the window. <laughs> Mm -hmm. No, definitely. It's like he was facing off with my husband. But we do have activity in inside the house as well. Like something always comes right here in my podcast area and fumbles with like little trinkets on my desk and stuff. Or you could hear someone walking out in the living room because, you know, it's an old cabin. You can mm -hmm. hear the wood and stuff. So, you know, something comes inside. And like I said, anytime that I use the spirit talker in the cave, I'm not getting very good answers. I'm getting, be careful, this, that. And it's funny that it said, be careful the other day. And then I lost the chicken the next day. It, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's it could weird. definitely be multiple things all happening at once. And kind of going back to the possible feral people idea, uh, just another kind of theory I wanted to kind of throw in to add on to what I was saying a little bit earlier about, you know, basically civilization trying to find ways to live still. If you kind of co coordinate that in with like modern day civilization on how everything would go down, you'd have like the elites, all of the people that have money, they would leave the planet and everybody else would be stuck here to figure out stuff on their own. Yep. So when we talk about That's this feral people thing and it seems like there's always still this weird hankering of like alien when it comes to that. I kind of wonder if theoretically, if they could be the same species of humanoid, whatever you want to call them. And the difference was... One were the elites of that society, so they left. They went off planet, and they know all the things that fucked up last time, and that's why they hang out around these silos, do certain things. They're trying to push people away because realistically, you never want to see your home fully destroyed, even though you may not live here right. anymore. It's still always going to weirdly be your home. So then the other right. half that got left here that seem very visually very close to extraterrestrials were the like average man, the average people that were just here and they went into the caves and rather than advancing in technology because, you know, they were off world and doing all that kind of stuff, they rather, they had to figure out how to survive naturally again. So they pretty much went feral, went primal where the other half flew up into space and progressed the technology and they could be the same species, but two different sides of it. The elite side that continued on with the intelligence side and then the primal side mm -hmm. that just tried to figure out how the fuck to live here and survive when all these great cataclysms were happening. You have great theories. You have great <laughs> theories. I'm glad I got to talk to you guys too, because it's always good to get a couple different ones to see, you know, how we can, it helps, you know, especially when we're going to investigate this weekend, what kind of, what kind of um, action are we going to take? What are we going to do? How are, you know, are we going to, you know, we'll be able to, <clears throat> you know, do the paranormal side, like with the spirits and everything. We'll be able to do tracking for Bigfoot, tracking for feral and hopefully we can find some more evidence that will help me understand this place more, I guess. 
So, uh, Farah, just out of curiosity, have you seen the documentary series Hellier? Oh, I just heard about that the other day. I'm going to be watching it. It's up on my list. So I know it can be kind of divisive for people in the paranormal community. And, you know, like anything else, take it with an entire shaker of salt. But from what you've been describing, I think it's definitely something you should check out. It would be well worth a watch because it's talking about this, you know, same kind of things like cave beings. And so basically Cliff Notes version these paranormal investigators were supposedly contacted by this guy who was having strange activity in a cave uh, behind his property in Kentucky. And Ooh. yeah. And so, uh, you know, all sorts of kind of like spirit box stuff. It, it, definitely. I think you need to check it out uh, just to give you a, a fun perspective of, Hey, that's kind of what's going on at my place. But um it's it seems really close to a lot of the stuff that you have going on, and it kind of goes back to uh, they're talking about almost like Hopkinsville goblin type creatures that were in these caves, which kind of Shane was talking about earlier. And then again, like the connections with fairy lore and whatnot in these caves. Um, so no, I was just kind of curious if you had seen that and if you had what your opinion was because like i said it, it's really eerily similar to a lot of stuff that you've described I will definitely and watch on. it tonight as soon as we're done <laughs> here that's the first thing i will do because yeah. it makes me that just gave me when you just mentioned that that gave me like a warm feeling of like okay so i'm not the only one that this happens to and you know it's not just me you know, I've never, I, you know, I'm not one to ever make up anything. I'm not a liar. I'm an honest person. Yeah. Before I moved here, I had very few paranormal experiences myself, but I mm -hmm. studied other people's. And um, so I, I will definitely watch that. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, that stuff happened in Kentucky, you know, so same basic area. And, you know, they're talking about Boogeyman was the high Kentucky. strangeness. Yeah, all the high strangeness in the you know Appalachian area. So if you do have a chance to check it out, um, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are at some point. So. I will definitely let you know. Just to throw in another theory on the thing, too, with going into the whole paranormal and physical side of it, because it obviously seems to be a little bit of both. Um it's, I've always wondered if it matters what the like the cave itself is like made out of, like the structure, what kind of material it is. Because if something dies in that cave, almost like a Wi-Fi signal, like if the signal is blocked going to, quote, like the heavens or like wherever, I wonder if like things can get trapped like within that. So like if something dies in that cave, it may not necessarily be like a, like a tortured spirit per se, but rather like the physical energy of that being gets trapped in that cave. And that's where it kind of gets a little bit more scientific and a little bit less woo woo is the fact that we know that we can trap energy inside of certain uh, materials, like different rocks, different things like that. So assumably like human consciousness is some form of energy. So the same mm -hmm. science would theoretically apply in that, that extent too, that if something dies within this area, that's essentially like a blocked off area where nothing can escape it. Like if it's just an energy, wouldn't that energy be then, trapped within that cave so the paranormal aspect of it could be the same beings that are physical in the cave but that's like their their consciousness side that's getting trapped because of the stone right. material right i would i that's i when i first investigated the cave thought stone tape theory came right to me because i thought 
when this cave was inhabited by the Indians, what were their lives? What did they go through? And also, you know, we know from history that, you know, the Navajos, they had witches in their clans. You know, you always have the, you know, the witch doctor part of an Indian tribe, you know, so what things were practiced in there as well as the remote viewer person did something where they said that I should also look into the fact that there were mines around here. And then also she got the word gold. So, but when I've gone back in there, there's been some different kind of rocks. And to me, when I grab a rock and I feel it in there, it seems like it does hold a type of energy. So, and I think though that that's why it attracts the being that's in there that uses that cave, whether it's a Bigfoot. But the thing is, like I said, I also get a feeling that there's aliens that go through that cave. I don't know why I get that feeling. If there's gold though, that would make sense because there's all the weirdness to, you know, the Anunnaki stories about them coming and collecting gold and then us later figuring out that gold blocks radiation. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to these extraterrestrials hanging out in your caves, especially if they have gold content, that could already be the direct thing is that gold may be only available in certain on certain planets and we could have a ridiculous overabundance of it. So, of course, they're going to keep an eye on it if it's something they can use to block radiation for themselves. Right. And the when I send you the remote viewing papers that she wrote all of her data on as she was doing her viewing... It actually even says that something likes the natural resources here. Mm-hmm. It also says cursed. <laughs> it also says Native American shaman. It also says X marks the spot in quotations. And she said someone said that. It wasn't just what she saw. Someone said that X marks the spot. So there's a bunch of different things. Like I said, I'll send it to you after the show, but you can, you know, you can gather from it what you will. But um, I, I do think that some something likes, this is its home. Mm-hmm. It's not leaving. But I also get the feeling that even when I sage myself or I've gone in there and done a tobacco offering, stuff like that doesn't work on it which is why I go almost to a Bigfoot or an alien because it's not a, it's not a spiritual haunting. It's a being haunting because there's nothing that anyone can do to like bless the land. You know what I mean? It's something different. Well, and this kind of gets back to like the John Keel idea of like ultra terrestrials versus extraterrestrials and maybe whatever these beings are, I mean, some of them could be from outer space, theoretically, but some of these things we're encountering could be from either inside the Earth, like a hollow Earth type situation, or from another dimension, and they're using these caves as gateways or portals or whatnot. So basically, just this idea that these things could be from here, much more so than we would like to think. So I think that kind of falls in line with that whole line of thinking that they could be aliens, but they could also be just alien to us because we don't know what they are. Just to throw in on that one too, 
I don't know if you have a singing bowl, but I don't know if it's exactly the I right do. frequency, but I've had a bunch of people that have told me that when they find these areas or they suspect that there's possible portals there, that they'll use these the, the sound bowls and they'll start getting like a weird color that'll start radiating from that area or they'll start noticing like a weird mist that'll radiate from that area. But that's as Ooh. far as I've heard them be able to see using a singing bowl. So I think that a singing bowl is starting to get to the right frequency, but it's not like intense enough. But at least if you had a, if you tried that out, especially if this like X marks the spot type of thing, if you find like this supposed like X marking the spot, like my mind instantly goes to bring a singing bowl that thing and see if something weird happens if you start using it. That's so weird that you said that because when I went outside, I have my little um, meditation singing bowl sitting right here on my window seal. So when I went outside today. I looked at it and I was like, I should bring that into the cave. And it's just so weird that you mentioned that. It's just weird how things work in the universe. Um, but yeah, and, and the one thing too is someone had watched my video and said that when they were watching one of the cave investigations, they got like super anxiety and felt like an infrasound when they were watching just my video. So again, I think it's something that it's otherworldly, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's it's something that has, you know, some really high power energy that, and it's not happy right now. It's it's not happy that I, that I walked in there. So not to get too off the rails, but a few minutes ago while we were talking about all this stuff, we've got um, an Alexa here in the living room. It started going wild, like doing things and lighting up like i've never seen it it's recording before. it's recording yeah. the conversation yeah, i've i've <laughs> never seen it do what it was doing while we were talking about this a few minutes ago i had to check my google real quick now Dude, that you said I that just got chills <laughs> i just got goosebumps on me no so i don't know if y'all saw crazy. me look up. i was trying to figure out what the hell it was doing see i thought you were so, looking for I jenny saw you look but i just yeah, to throw no. in another idea on this whole thing too especially when pertaining to the giants. This is where like this whole idea comes from. You were talking about the whole idea about how the government's watching this place, but they haven't like reacted or done anything yet. And my possible right. theory on why that could be is particularly with the giants. It seems like they almost did it where they wanted people to research it so that they would get a base first. And then after they got everything researched to the point that they wanted the average public to research it, then they cut it all off. They're like, all right, you're done. We're not going to talk about this anymore. And I'm assuming that they probably took like the top, giant researchers at that time and coordinated them into some type of like secret government program. So what I'm wondering is when people live in certain properties or weird things are happening or people start researching into things, if they let it go for mm. a certain extent because they want to see what somebody else's different perspective comes up with. And then once you get to a point where it's like, all right, you've seen enough, then they, then they react and cut you off or they do something to scare you and try <laughs> to push you away from it. Or if they'll try to like, coordinate you in but it seems like they'll purposely leave opportunities for amateur researchers to do research on things before they react and then they get to a certain point where people get too figured out and then they react and it's either one let somebody becomes this. a whistleblower or two they you never hear from them again <laughs> let me throw this at you the other night when i lost the chickens something turned my camera toward the road off the enclosure and something effed with the battery because when we went out and we saw what happened and we're running around trying to find her, you know, Smitty, the chicken and everything. Jake looked like he's like, why wasn't the camera on? And I was like, because I was like looking and I'm like, well, let me see if I can see what it was. I can go back because any motion, my camera detects motion, vehicle, person, animal. 
So I've caught possums back there. I've caught, so the thing works very well. It's an over $400 camera system, but it was turned off that night, but yet all my other cameras worked, hmm. but also it was turned. And then when I pulled up settings, because there was actually a notification for the back camera, I tapped on the notification and it said like AC battery needs to be put back in. Cause remember they're wireless. So you have a battery that's in the camera. You bring the camera in when it's low, when it's low battery and you charge the whole connection thing. All Jake did was pop the battery out, put it back in. It worked. So something either took the battery out or glitched my camera out, but not any of the other cameras. They were all working fine. Just the back camera. So I couldn't see what took my chicken. That almost makes you wonder if particular areas like this, where they know that there's high, there's a phenomenon constantly happening. They got helicopters that'll fly over, you know, once or twice a week. It makes you wonder if, even if it's just one guy, if they have somebody that stays in the woods in the background, just watching the property, <laughs> waiting for weird stuff to happen. But if something in particular weird well, happens, I guess I like shouldn't that, go out tanning naked in my backyard. <laughs> you never know, especially I with these cameras. I'm going to do that today. <laughs> <laughs> Give but somebody no, a good view. I mean, you might be doing a military guy a favor because who knows when the last time you've seen his family or people are. You, this guy could have been in the woods for the past seven months now. I see his feral people with BO all day. <laughs> He's just chilling with the squatches. He just he hides amongst them with his smell. It's perfect. See, you guys are trying to figure out the phenomenon. He's actually just fucking with your shit and hanging out with the Sasquatches. Like, I got you guys. Yeah. I, you guys can't pop out in front of him because you guys are like 10 feet tall. I'm smaller. I'll just sneak in. I'll pop the little battery out of the camera. It'll be fine. We're good. <laughs> Right. And so, and it's almost like with the fact that it was turned toward the road too off the enclosure, it's like, oh, that wasn't good enough. So some, there was thought put into it, like, mm -hmm. oh, that's not good enough. Let's just do this. I, it, that I almost know. sounds that's... like a Skinwalker Ranch type activity where they, you know, had all these cameras like triangulated and a certain yeah, area but the other ones were working yeah and then like one of them would go off and uh, then like um the other cameras like had no recordings of what happened to the one that just suddenly went off so i don't know if it's just you know the phenomenon messing with electronics or it is you know something more clandestine government type activity but there's i think also definitely something to just camera malfunctioning and electronic malfunctioning across the board with this kind of activity. And, and keep in mind, since the first two chickens died in two months, I didn't investigate the cave in two months. Nothing was caught ever on the camera. Nothing took my chickens until I go into the cave again. And then the cameras don't work again as well. Hmm. Because yeah. the camera didn't work the first time the chickens, the two chickens were killed. And, you know, to me, all this, I think there's absolutely a government military aspect to a lot of this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But from what you're describing and, you know, just the few things I've experienced, there's obviously some sort of higher intelligence to this thing. You know, whatever's going on, whatever this phenomenon is, it's not, you know, big apes running around in the woods. There's something <laughs> more to it than that. You know, these Sasquatch beings are extremely intelligent and whatever else is going on is extremely intelligent and 
it seems like can manipulate their surroundings to a very high degree. That's where I was getting yeah, into the whole thing about thing. the orbs being able to physically change their appearance, everything around them. Like it could literally just be these orbs being orbs and they're portraying themselves as a hundred different things and they're able to make themselves physical when they want to. They're able to make themselves the spiritual little bulb going to spectator mode when they want to. Like <laughs> just to throw that one yeah, back in there. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I think, too. That's where I say that this land holds something that I don't know, because mm -hmm. everything coming, whether it's one thing changing itself, but this land gives it energy to do that as well. And then, you know, I've always been one to think if people would stop researching Bigfoot as just like a flesh and blood creature, mm -hmm. it is it's a supernatural creature as well, because if you listen to some people's testimonies when they've sat and stared at a Bigfoot, I think there was one lady that I watched her testimony was right from the Pacific Northwest Bigfoot. And she said she was looking at it. The thing was gargantuan and huge. And then it just sucked into like into nothing and like a hole in it was gone. Mm -hmm. So if you stop researching things as just like a, you can feel me, touch me, see me, and and that it can be a little bit of everything. It can be from a different planet. It can come through portals. That's why they've stayed so elusive. They can come in the Northwest, but they can go ahead and pop up in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You know, then you might find more answers. And that's where I want to take this investigation this coming weekend. Uh, well, next weekend, I should say, because it's, it's not just an animal mm -hmm. or it's not just an alien it's something it's like everything and and i want to find out what it is i do I, yeah i mean i, I think to. everything is all tied together and you know this is an idea we've kicked around on the show a lot but i feel like if people just allow themselves to entertain the thought that there's something stranger going on like a lot of these pieces start falling into place like once you allow yourself to be like, okay, maybe there is something legitimately weird that we don't understand. Like you said, then you can explain, well, why has there never been a body found? Or right. what do they eat? Well, if they're not here all the time, that explains all of that, as far as I'm concerned. Just right, to throw you don't in find something. any bodies of burials or anything like that. You don't find homes where there's a, a, a pot cooking on the stove. They're everywhere and nowhere at mm -hmm. the same time. And at some point, sorry, I think... Sorry, Shane. <laughs> oh, no worries. I was going to say, just no, to no. throw in some more homework for you to check out. Uh, actually, perfect timing, because we literally just did our last episode on Sasquatch not being necessarily as physical as people think it is. But uh, I highly recommend checking out uh, Carter's stuff. You can also check out the last episode we did. But he writes these books called uh, Evidence of an Enigma. And he has three of them out. And specifically, what he does is collects all of the weird paranormal sasquatch encounters like he has no standard ones in here mm. it's all like the weird off the wall stuff so you might end up actually finding some pretty good stuff that might correlate with a lot of the stuff going on with your property I and checking out his books. thank you but uh just thank to connect you. back into the whole i think about the never <laughs> finding a body too one thing i like to always bring up is that if these things are semi-intelligent beings i mean they could easily have some type of burial rites they could put these things deep in caves uh, all the random mounds you're finding throughout the fucking woods everywhere those things could be some type of burial mounds for these things or even if you're looking at it as a more primal thing 
you know, one of these things dies, they may not have the same morals as us as far as like cannibalism goes. So that's a giant right. food source to eat <laughs> right there. And even connecting into another aspect of that, um, you know, if something huge dies in the woods, there's so many animals that are going to see that as an amazing food source. There's animals that'll even eat bones, like possums and stuff will eat bones. Like if there's a giant lump of just meat for things to eat in the middle of the woods, I don't expect that thing to last more than a couple days because that's a great food source for anything that comes past it. So like mm -hmm. these Sasquatch, if they're deep, deep, deep out in the woods. They're not anywhere near where people are going to be. By the time somebody actually would reach an area where one of these things would die, it would have already been completely disintegrated by other animals eating it. And anything that's left would almost be unrecognizable at that point. That's why I think there's more portals than people think, because look at all the woods in the Appalachias. I think the Appalachias hold more portals than we know because it's a place where it's less traveled. Nobody's there every day. You might go camping for a week or something, but you're not there all the time. And that's where, you know, even the Pacific Northwest or, you know, even, um, you know, in the desert or the Yeti, you know, that's in the, the cold areas, Antarctica, Russia, you know, things like that. They're places where people don't fully go, but we all know Antarctica too, with the underground of Admiral Byrd mm -hmm. saying, you know, so the fact that things can be underground, things can lead somewhere else. Like I want to find out where this cave leaves, you know, goes to, because if it, if it has an, an another outrance that's into another big part of deep woods, somebody it just frequent i mean you know what i mean you just you just don't know and the fact that i caught a ufo in the sky above my property and then the light orb and you know the metal sound it's just like someone is using that this is someone's home in some way shape or form but it also is a gateway for something and someone or something <laughs> I've, told, I've talked about this theory a few times on the show but i've gotten in this whole idea about there possibly being almost like a network of wormholes that are microscopic wormholes that we don't even necessarily realize exist that back mm -hmm. our entire reality and i feel like they would almost function almost like an electrical circuit or like like water there's like a current to it like it's flowing in a specific direction and if you have some type of vehicle where you're able to transverse these waters, like a UFO, like a craft, then you can essentially come out at whatever entrance that you want or exit that you want to come out at. But if you're something like a Sasquatch, for example, that, you know, could potentially be interdimensional, but maybe not intentionally interdimensional, you know, they could walk through these wormholes, come out on the other side because they're just going wherever the hell the current takes them. And even connecting into people, you have these weird time slips where people will like be walking in an area and all of a sudden they'll walk past like a bar that doesn't look like it belongs there. It's from a totally different time. And then they'll try to go back and find it and they'll never be able to find it again. I feel like these, even transversing through these wormholes, you may not even like realize it, but there could be these like microscopic wormhole networks that exist like underlying our reality and they just have random portals and entrances everywhere. And when something comes out of it, you know, it's a microscopic hole and then it blows out and then comes back in. So that could be where like the weird weather phenomenon will happen or where all the weird power drains will happen is because it's like an influx of energy and then it comes back. And, and I think that I think of that train noise when you're saying about opening and closing, because why don't I hear it every day? Mm -hmm. But you I was know, even it's, thinking it's just like an underground tube of even just being able to just move stuff. If it was a theoretical underground base or, you know, if these wormhole networks are longer or these UFOs are able to traverse underneath, maybe that sound you're hearing is actually mm -hmm. like a like a UFO wishing through a tunnel underground. Mm. 
how are we going to, am I supposed to drill like Skinwalker Ranch and drill <laughs> down in my property? <laughs> I mean, because how would we figure? Well, I guess I could try to find somebody to come out and do like a ground penetrating radar. The I trick mean, is you got to find those people those. that are really, really risky about going in caves and love to cram themselves into small, really tight holes to see where they lead. But don't yeah. tell them about any of the phenomenon. Just be like, I got this cool ass no. cave. Come check it out. Because if you tell them, then they're not going to want to go in it. But if you don't tell them <laughs> I shit, know I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> then you could probably get them to go through these tight Nothing holes. Nothing to yep. see here. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, man, yeah, I saw this weird humanoid out. thing in a cave. Be like, no, there's nothing there. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. That was just uh, my he little runs cousin out Jimmy. With, like shit in his pants, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, he's like, oh my god, there's a ten foot hairy thing back there. I'm like, oh, that's just Joe. Don't bother him. <laughs> That's just my brother wearing the suit. And if you see any like right. weird little like feral human looking creatures, that's just my, my brother, Jimmy. He likes to get naked and run around the caves when he gets drunk. It's all that's fine. You're fine. She didn't shave for five years. So <laughs> she's, she's finding herself. What would be horrifying, though, is trying to cram yourself into one of those holes in one of those caves and... I mean, if you're aware or not aware of something possibly being in there, but I just imagine this like horrific idea about you're trying to cram yourself through like a specific hole and you see the opening on the other side and you're almost there and you know you can't go back. But as you're kind of starting to cram yourself into the other hole, then you just see a hand of something come in like a feral, like gray skinned looking hand, like go up underneath the rut. Like, all right, I can't go back that way, but I don't want to go that way. That's what I was saying the other day. Like there felt like there was going to be something that came out from the sides, not in front or behind me, but from the sides. And I envisioned a, like a tall alien, but like more than one. And they like crowded me and then they took me. And that, I mean, I've just never gone that deep like that. So the fact that I'm getting like these more thoughts means I think I'm getting closer well, to I something. I got chills when you just said that because you got to watch Hellier. They talk about like this idea about, you know, tall, pale humanoid things in caves, like um, historically. Like, have you, you had any weird it. dreams about caves? Just a side question. <laughs> um, I've had dreams of me investigating the cave. Like, yeah, I, more or less like I don't find anything. Nothing really happens. I just always go in the cave and then. I go back really far and it gets dark and that's when I wake up. Cause I've always heard these weird stories Not a great dream. <laughs> about people like astro traveling, but when they astro travel, they'll be in like a cave system. And when they are in I this cave system, dreams. And just that's a whole other can of worms that I've been talking about lately that everybody's <laughs> having apocalypse dreams. But like the whole idea with the cave thing though, that people will go into these like weird cave systems and they astro travel and have these like weird dreams. And then they'll go into like, almost like a, like a throne room. And there'll be these like weird beings that'll try to make like deals with them and stuff. And everybody like relates them to like demons, which kind of goes into the whole like things possibly being buried under Appalachia. But the reason I'm asking it, I'm just curious if you've had any of these weird dreams, like there is something that's possibly living in these tunnel systems that could be something that's kind of connecting into this whole weird thing about them trying to make contracts with people and them being this like weird spiritual Ooh, demonic no, being that's underground. I haven't had anything like that. I just always, once I get into a dark part of the cave, I wake up. Whether that's my fear that wakes me up, I don't know. But I have had dreams of, like, demonic dreams. I've had demonic dreams in my backyard where I'm in my backyard. And demons are surrounding me. They're coming from the ground and they're pulling me out. Like, when you watch Ghost with mm -hmm. Patrick Swayze mm -hmm. and Demi Moore, where 
they're like coming from you see the shadows on the ground and they pull the person down that's the kind of dreams i have like <laughs> and you know kind of the funny thing about that then we talk about this on the show all the time is like these issues of language and what does it mean to be an actual demon you know like one person's demon could be another person's Gym. alien or whatever you want exactly whatever you want to call it so i think a lot of times people who aren't as invested in the paranormal get so caught up on what things are called and they kind of miss the forest for the trees like a demon does for it really me is everything is anything it, that has ill will exactly. Ill intentions that's what it is because yeah on youtube when every you know there's this one guy i won't say name but I, I i've noticed somebody on my feed and and youtube where the past 20 of his videos are all demon house demon woods demon this demon and i'm like dude you don't even know what a demon is. A demon mm -hmm. is anything that has an ill intention. I have probably a demonic Bigfoot. It has ill will. It's killing exactly. my chickens. Mm -hmm. It's warning me to not go in the cave. But as stupid as I am, I will return to the cave <laughs> because I'm not going to let it. You know, I live here. I'm not hurting your cave. I'm not digging it. I'm not taking anything from it. I'm not chipping away. It's something I don't do anything to that cave. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't need to do this to me. You know, it'd be different if I took a rock or if I found, you know, an Indian art, <laughs> an Indian artifact or something. But yeah, I, I've always been respectful. But yeah, it's, you know, the demons to me are something that I can't see what it is in my dream. It's just mm -hmm. shadows. See, I definitely yeah. think uh, that demons are... Uh, demons so to speak i think that it's all like a race of of a of a being that just has a hundred different fucking names like i think that there's like they're not even necessarily like ill-willed uh, so to speak but maybe they just don't have the same moral values because of wherever they come from you know like everybody wants right. to either say something's good or evil i don't think it's necessarily like that cut and dry i think that like everything pertaining to where you came from, how you were raised, the values that you have are all based like on like what your, your environment. So if you have something that gets brought up in like a, like a dark dimension, of course it's not going to have the same morals as us, you know, like even to like a higher up being like just, just to relate it more to like humans, for example, if you have something that's higher up and sees our life form as like a lower life form, then, you know, it can kill us and it's not going to care. It's not moral to it because it's not killing its own race. It's almost like us killing an ant. It doesn't bother us because it's an ant. Like we, as fucked up as it sounds, see it as a lower life form. And that same hierarchy could be perceived for like these higher beings that to them were equivalent to like an ant. So if they kill one of us, like who fucking cares? It's not a moral thing. It's not well, anything. And it's I just think a thing. <laughs> this thing is watching me and he, it sees how much I take care and love my chickens. I'm out with them every day. I let them roam. I'm always cleaning their pen. I'm always buying them toys and giving them good food and veggies and fruits. And the fact that it's taking them, yeah, that's that's where I get where I see it's ill intention because it's mm -hmm. watching me. It wanted to hurt me. It know it knows it would, but yet I can't look at my camera and see what it was. You know, and it's just like it's playing a game with me. So to me, I think anything demonic is a negative. It's negative. It just is negative. Whether it's moral, its own morals and values don't match usually ours. 
you know, we're not ones, you and I aren't going to go out and kill somebody. You know what I mean? It's going to kill something, apparently, that I love. You know, it's a it's a case-by-case basis, I should say. You know, maybe someone's, someone else's demon is, you know, drug addiction or something. You know, there's demons and there's demons. But, I mean, I know whatever is on my property just does not have... It's... It, I think it's just angry, but like I said, it's some type of force that you can't bring a shaman in and cleanse it, and it's all going to be hunky-dory. It's something that lives and breathes, but it is other otherworldly. It is supernatural. It can come and go. It can do things that I can't do. And it's probably you know? been there forever. You know, yeah. like, How do you get rid of something that is ancient? That, that's its home. It, you know, it, I mean... That could and even think, be where the chicken like thing said, comes in too, is that it's like almost like you're, it feels you're leaving something like in its house and it's like, all right, this is mine now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Even though it's, you know, like I said, I think that's the, the feeling that I'm getting is I went in their house, mm-hmm. but then before that I was still catching things and it was still in my house before I even got chickens Things were happening before I even got chickens, before I even went in the cave. It just seems like it doesn't, this is its home and it's not going to go. And it doesn't want to cohabitate with you though, because it doesn't like humans. It doesn't, it doesn't, I don't get that feeling. Yeah. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Like for some reason, those mountains are where these things seem to congregate, live, whatever words you want to put on it. And I mean, we've got hundreds of years of evidence that weird things happen in this area. And I think, you know, this negative energy that you're describing, that might go back to why are these areas historically so disenfranchised? And it's just a negative energy. And, you know, like I was mentioning the story about where I grew up, it had that same dark negative energy. So, you know, I think this is an awesome conversation. I'm so glad you came on tonight. Like I knew a little bit about your experiences and your show and whatnot, but I didn't know what we were getting into tonight, but this has <laughs> been, I hate to say it for our other guests, but one of my favorite episodes we've ever had. I mean, and Aww, I'd love to hear, you. I'd love to hear about, you know, whatever your research and your expedition, whatever y'all find out. So, Oh, definitely. And you guys, too. I mean, we can do a weekend where you guys come up and, you know, I'd investigate. I'd love to do that. Yeah, perfect excuse to hang out with hours Aaron. from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm about eight, but I'd be more than willing to make the trip. Well, like I said, I mean, well, if, Orin, if you want to come up next weekend, I don't know what you're doing, but you're more than welcome. Bring a tent. <laughs> They're all camping out in the backyard and you can join. We're We're doing it up. Like, you should have seen their video on Operation Cryptid. They got all their... <laughs> guns and ammo and comms check and all that kind of stuff. Oh you know, that's what me and Jenny kind of <laughs> always joke about. Like we want to go on a like Bigfoot expedition, but we don't want to like do it by ourselves. We want to be like with no. somebody who's done it before and knows what they're doing. Legit fucking yeah, team. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, Drew and them, they go Bigfoot and all the time. Plus they're cave researchers too. So mm-hmm. that makes me feel better. But like I said, we're planning where um, the cave will be in the daytime. Cause it only makes sense. You know, right. and then, you know, once we do a couple hours, you know, morning there, then we're going to head out in the mountains like 
<clears throat> you know, three, four, five-ish or whatever, start getting set up and go places. They're bringing four-wheelers. My God, like it's, geez. That's awesome. Um, no, I, I I'm just going to buy some hot dogs and schmores. <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear what you, you guys find. Well, 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 it's been a pleasure to be on here too. And you guys, you know, I'll make sure that, um, like I said, I'll send you all the, you know, info that I've gotten and you guys can come through it and see what you think. And I'd love to hear what you think too. Oh, we'll definitely have some thoughts and theories. Absolutely. That's that's what we do over here. We specialize in <laughs> thoughts and theories. <laughs> well, hey, I'm all open because I want to get, you know, everybody has different ones. And I think it's always good to share your evidence with the community. And because what I've gotten is everything that I thought. Mm-hmm. And it just that makes me, you know, but maybe there's some people that might say something different. And I'm, I'm willing to take everything because it's just going to help us investigate better. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, you know, I've said on the show before, do I think we're ever going to find definitive answers to a lot of this stuff? I don't know. But I think mm-hmm. if we ever do find the answers, it's going to be because people are sharing information. It's not going to be going because out there. The, the Bigfoot people are over here and the alien people are over here. And, you know, like we, we all need to share and collaborate. If we're ever going to find answers, it's going to be between the connections between all this and stuff. More I feel people like. need to get out there. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But I guess with that, it's probably a good spot to start wrapping it up. So for anybody that didn't get the whole gist of your show in the beginning, uh, why don't you kind of give them a rough idea about where they can find your show, uh, where they can keep up with your show. And if they may also have some other experiences that may pertain to everything that you're experiencing, where they might be able to contact you and share their experiences. Yes, definitely. Um, so again, my podcast is the Conversation Cabin podcast, and you can find me, first of all, like on Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, pretty much anywhere where anyone streams. Um, and it, what I do is I combine, I do paranormal stories, cryptid stories, alien, UFO abductions, true crime as well, um, legends and lores, mysteries, cults, things like that. But I, because that's what I, you know, I want to do a little bit of everything for everyone because it's all kind of like the same genre. It's spooky, it's scary, it's interesting. Um, But yes, I also do listener stories. They can either come on to the podcast or they can type up their story in an email. If you would like to share your story or type up your experience for me to read it on the air, you can send it to theconversationcabin at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram, TikTok at the conversation cabin also on twitter i just started where it's explore with an x p l o r e and then a u r strange and other than that um yeah i mean i i try to post everything i will be starting on youtube i'll be doing a video podcast once a week on youtube probably after my birthday which is july 6th so i'll probably you know party on for a couple weeks you know how women are happy birthday. birthdays are like yeah. a month <laughs> thank you um but yeah uh, i'll be doing you know still do my podcast once a week on the regular podcast on spotify and all that but i'm going to do like a vlogging channel too of my experiences cover stories have guests on too so yeah i would love it if everybody just checked me out and um i do a lot of character work for my stories i do special music sound effects to like bring you right in and have an immersive experience. So check me out. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I feel like I've, I, I'm just kind of overwhelmed with everything we've talked about. Like this hits 
so many niches and like just <laughs> scratches so many itches of things that I've been researching here the past year or so. So you've been awesome. Thank awesome. you so much, Farah. Well, talk about weirdness talk too. To me if you need something, it's connected so many dots that we've recently talked about too. But that's just that mm-hmm. typical, for lack of better term, synchronicity thing that always seems to happen when it comes to podcasts. Is everything you've talked about has been our last like handful of episodes that we've been deep diving oh, wow. into this stuff. So. Just all tied into one. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hey, anytime you guys want to chat or have me on, I'm totally available for you. Awesome. We appreciate. Thank it. you so much. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. If you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend. That's an awesome way to help the show grow is through word of mouth. And if you guys don't mind taking an extra couple seconds to leave a rating for the show on Spotify, we would more than appreciate it. And if you guys take an extra 30 seconds to leave us a review for the show on iTunes, then of course we will read it on the show, give you guys a shout out. And like I said, with the whole sharing and rating and all that, it's an awesome way to help the show grow. And the only way that's ever going to happen is with you guys. So any support that you guys want to give the show, uh, we appreciate it more than you guys will ever know. And again, all you guys out there do the internet things. Follow us on social medias. Uh, send us an email, bizarreencounters at outlook.com or send something through the submission link in the link tree. And everything we've mentioned... All these links are in the link tree in the show descriptions. Quick and easy for all you motherfuckers. Even if you're not technologically inclined, you can figure it out. Just click that damn link, check everything out, and uh, support the show. Because I can't can't say that enough. You guys need to support the show. And uh, with that said, I've been the one, the only, Shane Squatch. And I think this episode, I was Stone Cold Orin Felix. Stone Cold Orin Felix. And that's the bottom line. Because we said so. And don't forget, you motherfuckers, better not ever forget to keep it bizarre. 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 Bizarre? Where? <laughs> <laughs>